The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Unbelievable. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to the Golden Mike Podcast, everybody. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Alamano, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Malibu Boats and O'Brien Water Sports. Check out the all-new Malibu Boats M235 at MalibuBoats.com. The M235 is the newest addition to the Malibu family and was designed to be nothing less than the most ultra-premium performance towboat the world has ever seen. Find out more at MalibuBoats.com. For 50-plus years, O'Brien has worked hard to design, test, manufacture, and improve each and every product they make, so your water time will make memories that last a lifetime. See everything O'Brien has to offer online at O'Brien.com. Today's episode is with Tara Mikasich. I spent some time over at Tara's Place of Business Freedom Wake Park in Orlando, Florida, Owned and operated by Tara and her legendary wakeboard champion husband, Kobe the Micker Mikasich, Freedom Wake Park has been in full force getting new riders on the water and developing some of the future's best. We chat about Tara's start in towed water sports as an accomplished traditional skier to her transition into pro women's wakeboarding. We talk coaching, contests, and even a little fisticuffs. It was a fun conversation, and Kobe sat in on most of it, chiming in from time to time. Also had a chance to ride their two-tower cable system set up, and had a ton of fun. I brought out an old signature O'Brien Kobe board, which I took out for one final ride, and then had both Tara and the Micker sign it. I plan to give it away, but you'll have to wait till the next episode, which will be with Kobe himself, to find out all the details. As always, the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you free twice monthly online at noiseofthenorth.com or available on iTunes through the podcast app. So be sure to subscribe and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Malibu Boats, O'Brien, GoPuck, Hungry Boards, SUP, Boulder Boats, and Rockstar Energy. Follow me, tag me, tweet me on social media, Instagram at Dano T. Mano, and on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. Be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Guys, I'm easy to reach through email goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I read each and every single one, so feel free to start a little conversation with the Mano. Make sure you listen all the way to the end on this one, guys. I have a big announcement regarding my friends at Hungry Boards SUP. I'm going to make that a little bit later, and trust me when I say you don't want to miss out. Now hang tight. I'll be back with Tara Mikasich in just one moment here on the Golden Mike Podcast. 
For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Knowing your time at the lake is cherished, O'Brien's mission is to bring you the absolute most pleasure possible to make memories that last a lifetime. Quality, performance, and value are the pillars the O'Brien name has been famous for for now more than five decades. Like O'Brien on Facebook and follow on Instagram at O'Brien Watersports. Check out O'Brien.com to see the entire 2016 lineup of product, dealers near you, team, blog, and more. Again, that's O'Brien.com. O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. On location, once again, going mobile mano, and this time we're at Freedom Wake Park right here in the heart of Orlando, Florida. I'm with the founders, the owners and operators of Freedom, past world champion, one of the pioneers of the sport, the Micker, Kobe Mikasich, and is very talented and lovely if I say so myself, and in the words of Mr. Pete Bonifay, I do. <laughs> With at least three podiums that I can remember in 2015, she finished number five in the 2015 Wakeboard World Series, Tara Mikasich. Kobe and Tara, hello, and thank you guys for having me here at Freedom Wake Park. Thanks for coming out, Dano. It's good to have you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, man. This is this is something that I've been, been wanting to do uh, for, for a long, long time. You guys are going to be uh, my first pair of guests on the Golden Mike podcast at the same exact time, and... It, it's almost like we've got three <laughs> guests here today. Who is this little guy? This is our dog, Shaka, who just learned how to get up on the table. Good job. <laughs> yeah, and, and he also kind of learned how to use my computer a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's smart. He's really smart. Yeah, he's a good boy. And he's a puppy. I saw you guys have been posting some, some social media, so he's new to the, the Freedom family. Yeah, we were at um, we were at Surf Expo in September, and... Um, the Home and Garden Show was going on at the same time in one of the other buildings, and Kobe just went over to kind of check things out, um, and he came upon a dog rescue, and I get this call being like, what's that kind of dog you like? You need to get here now. There's another family that wants him, but I told him to hold him. My wife's coming. We're getting a puppy today, and I was like, what? What kind of dog is he? Well, he's a Catahoula and Australia Shepherd mix. I think he's got some other stuff, too, but I really wanted a Catahoula, and Kobe wanted an Australian Shepherd, and so it was a perfect mix for us. Best of both worlds. His eyes are amazing. He's he's a sweetheart. He's gorgeous. Well, I, I know it's it's kind of busy here, and so I, I thank you guys for taking the time out of your day. And I, You guys have students. It's the winter, which which blows my mind that it that it's, that it's this crazy right here. Uh, so what's been happening here at Freedom Wake Park? You know, we've been we've been going every day. It's I mean, clearly it's warmer in Orlando than any place else. So we tend to get busy even when it's off season because people can come here and ride when they can't ride at home. And um, you know, the weather's up and down, but you know, today we had some rain in the morning and but it's glassy out. So we're riding and we're just plugging away. Podcasting and then riding, right? Yeah. Those. Does, it, does it ever slow down here? You know, we really never stop. I mean, we go all year long, and then, um, you know, even like right now in January, we've been dodging storms, and the guys are still getting plenty of riding in. And, you know, like we got we got guys from Seattle and Canada, and they don't they don't really think it's too bad. So for us locally, it seems cold, but it's it's really it's really fine to ride. 
that Florida blood. How did you end up in this spot? Look at us. Where are we? We're, I, mean, I've, I guess I've been here a couple of times, and this is something I guess we've never really talked too much about. But we're, yes, I say in the heart of Orlando, but in the middle of some sort of a commercial area. There's businesses going on around here. And then there's this beautiful lake, absolutely no residents, no houses, no docks, nobody on this lake. How did you end up with the spot, Maker? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, this took us a long time to, to find this location and make it work. You know, when we wanted to do a school, we wanted to do it top-notch, the best school in the world. And so one of our requirements was we need to be in a great location. We need to be in a location that's easy to fly into, easy for everyone to access, and we need to have our own private facility. So we started looking. If you're interested, I know every single lake in the whole state of Florida. <laughs> so if you want a lake, I know where it is. And I just started doing research, and we, we came down to about three or four locations, and we would we would get pretty far with one, and then something would come up. We couldn't get permits, or the wallet, water quality wasn't good, and so... After like a process of elimination with a bunch of lakes, this one ended up working out the best, and it's really been the best site for us. The size of it, it's 122 acres, and it's just, the location can't be better. You know, we are right in, um, you know, we're right downtown Orlando pretty much. We're, we're about a mile from performance. Everyone knows where performance is. And um, that's, that's really been like key to us is we wanted to make sure we're in the right location with the right lake. Well, that we had a commercial site, too, that we weren't just, you know, on a residential lake where people wouldn't like that we were doing lessons all the time. And, you know, you can, you can do that for a little while, but it's not, you know, it's it doesn't catch go up over. With you. Yeah, so we really, if we're going to run a commercial business, we wanted to have a commercial site, you know, where we could have the permits and the licenses and we could put in the 2.0 and we could build rails and nobody you know, it doesn't affect anyone but us. You know, you, it's, it's a real business. You know, it's not just a, an extra way to make some income. It's, it's This is the real deal. And I think it shows. And, you know, I follow both of you guys on social media and, you know, personally and, of course, Freedom Wake Park. And I know this place is all about good vibes and good times. But from the looks of the grassroots podiums over the, the events in 2015, Looks like you guys were super busy developing talent. Tara, what are your thoughts on how your students did last summer? I'm I'm always proud of our students. You know, we we put a big emphasis on you know the environment that's here, how we treat everyone in the boat, and just having a good attitude, and that it's not it's not all about winning. You've got to focus on on what you're doing out there, on your on your fundamentals, and what's really important. And when that comes together, you're gonna do you're gonna do well in contests. And so. Um, yeah, we just we kind of slow people down at the beginning and make sure that they really have a good foundation on their tricks before we start pushing them towards more advanced things. And that way, when they get there, they're going to be consistent and they're going to understand the trick that they're doing. And when it comes to an event that maybe is in tougher conditions or, you know, just a different setup or whatever, they're prepared. You guys have to deal with all kinds of different uh, people and parents and whatnot. You know, growing up, my dad was a go-back-to-the-basics guy, go-back-to-the-basics. Every time I tried to flip, he would yell at me, don't try to <laughs> flip. But as I got older and people started coming to me for lessons, one thing parents would always say to me is, teach my kid the flip. Just teach them the flip. Just teach them the flip. And it's like, yeah, you can do that because a flip is kind of easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool that you can try a flip, but if you're not ready for it, you're going to get smoked or you're going to, you know, you're going to be you scared deal, to do it how again. How do you deal with these uh, parents who kind of have the idea of like, hey, I want 
my kid to be here. And it's like, yes, you can teach them the flip. Yeah. Flips a wake jump, basically, you know, like a basic roll. I think um, I think it's a balance. It's, you know, every person that we coach, we coach, you know, we, at different stages. We have different, you know, kind of um, things that we work on. But you, you can definitely show them the process of learning things without giving up the without giving up the, the basis and the foundation. And so we actually have to balance between the two, but I think we do a really good job of that, where we know what's expected, we know the industry has changed, you know, we know the type of people that come to us. And so, you know, we are always adapting and also moving with the industry as well, but th it's true. Like, I mean, like, I think it really comes down to our experience and we could always go back to being like, hey, you guys, we have competed, we have won, we are still competing and we know where you want to go. So trust in us that we'll get you there the fastest we can. And that's the thing that, that blows me away is that constantly guys are surprising me on how quickly they learn. You know, so like that's that's the cool thing about, you know, having a school and, and being at the, you know, the caliber that we're at is that you can teach people to progress really rapidly, a lot faster than I did. And so it's, you know, but it's just experience, you know, but you're right. You have to work with so many different um, you know, levels of people and also a lot of different types of people. But, you know, that's that's what we enjoy. We like adapting to who's behind the boat. You know, just watching, I was watching Tara pulling some students before we before we started recording here, and I saw that they were working on a toe side uh, jump. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, for some people, probably a toe side front roll could be easier. Even if Let's scale it down. A toe side 180 because you're landing and riding away on that heel side edge. Right. Easier, some may say, than a toe side jump. But a toe side jump is that first step. But sometimes I'm assuming it's hard to get people to yeah. commit to. <laughs> Kobe calls it Tara's toe side camp because that's something I like working with people on their toe side. I think that there's some really, um, I don't know, they're, they're little things, but they're really important. And, um, and for me, I would much rather walk you through a toe side wake jump and then add to it than have a student trying to learn something that's more advanced and I'm still trying to teach them the approach at the same time that I'm teaching them a flip or a spin or whatever. Like to me, that just complicates things. So I would much rather know that if I need to change something in your takeoff, that I can do that because you can do a toe side jump instead of you're still trying to flip or you're still trying to do all those things. And it just, it makes it so much easier for the rider to learn it piece by piece. As my dad always said, Benny, go back to the basics. <laughs> so, um, That's true. We do that a lot. <laughs> You might need to have my dad out here on the boat, go back to the basics, but then everybody would just be doing side slides and single wake jumps. So um, that's all right. So we're talking about some of the some of the talent that you guys have developed here, and I know you, Tara, and I had had talked about this earlier in the summer, like because I was so impressed with with watching the girls nine and under, ten to thirteen, the boys nine and under, ten to thirteen, even in the junior men, junior uh, pro, amateur women divisions. You see in all these divisions uh, so many of the athletes that are at least coming to Freedom Wake Park a handful of times a year. So with that being said, do you have any predictions for, for some of your students in 2016? Anybody you're really excited to see uh, kind of move into to some different competition this year? Absolutely. We've got, we've got a few kids that have been with us the last few seasons that um, we've just really seen them improve leaps and bounds and develop their own style. You know, one of them is Mizuki Takahashi from Japan. Um, he's been with us. Well, we're on his third year, um, and 
he has just come so far. He's riding junior pro men. This is his last season. And um, he's just so dedicated and he has so much fun out there. And people are always like, oh my gosh, they're blown away by him. He's, um, he's Japanese, but he's not, you would expect a smaller kid, I right. guess. When he first showed up, I was like, who is this tall boy with broad shoulders? Like what, you know, no, you're not from Japan, <laughs> but he's, um, he's, you know, he's built and he works hard and I'm always proud of him. Um, we've got Daniel Miles from South Carolina um, and he just has such an amazing style. Everyone that watches him is super impressed and I really feel like he's going to have a breakout year too. Um, and then you've got Ellery Hunt, one of my, one of my favorite students to watch improve because she really came at the beginning of, you know, just wake jumps and working on those. And she, she was one kind of like you said, always wanted, can I try something? Can I try something? I'm like, well, you can, but we're still going to be working on your wake jump. Right. And so when she took the time to really get her foundation, she learned so many tricks in one season. It was, it was amazing because she had that foundation and um, she had a back injury last year. So she's coming back this season. So I think it'll be really fun to watch her. Cool. Definitely excited to, to see some of those guys. And how about you, Kobe? Um, yeah, no, definitely what Tara said. Uh, I know one kid that I'm definitely excited about is really young is Rocker Steiner. And that kid's just uh, super talented. And I know that he's going to have a great career. And so it's going to be fun watching him. And he's, he's so young. I mean, like, that's probably the youngest, one of the youngest guys, him and maybe Hunter Henderson. Those are, those are some of the small, younger kids that are coming up. But, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see how much they're going to improve and how much the sport's going to change with them because you know I could kind of sit back and look at the different layers of the sport and so I'm excited about that and then you know so yeah there's 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 a lot of talent that we've already been part of but um I think the thing I'm most proud of is that you know we typically when the guys spend a lot of time with us that we emphasize you know what kind of person are you going to be you know finding your niche how are you going to be you know at the end of the day after you wakeboard you're going to have to hang out with these guys. So if you're good guys, you're going to go a long way in the industry, you know? And, and so that's what we emphasize. And I know Mizuki and Daniel and a lot of these kids, man, they're, they're fun, great kids to hang out with. And I'm like, you guys, like that's, that's half the battle. Well, there's, there's lots of great riders around the world, but yeah. it's not all about getting butts in the seats of those boats. But if we want this industry to keep going, that's that's got a lot to do with it and i think you know sometimes i think some some of the amateurs or some some of the up and coming people who want to be a pro you know think you know hey i can do 900 i've landed a 1080 i've got double flips well it's like yeah but but your personality man like i don't want you to tell me that you can land those let me find out for myself and and i like the way you are you know just just if, as long as you're a, a good person you know you bring up a, a point where you said it's not about putting people in the boats and everything, but like it's so funny because everything I've been able to do is always comes back to sales and you know the dollars that are spent. But the good thing is, is that we've never sold anything. We just go out, we have a good time, we believe in the products that we design, and they sell themselves. And, you know, and like I know that like Bish, Ruck, and Tara, and and like you just watch, like you look at the history of our our you know, us in the industry, I can't, I've never been a sales guy. I'd probably be horrible at it, but I do know how to stand behind something that I believe in and that I do know how to have fun. And so like, if you really look back at it, I think all the great guys in the industry and girls in the industry, they're actually just believable, you know, and they actually 
care, you know, and that's like that seems to be like the biggest thing about like a life in the industry. It's the anti salesman. <laughs> yeah, it's such a cliche, but it's so true. I mean, like it's that's exactly what it is. It's well, just that's what makes people want to do what you do. That's right. what makes yeah. people want to get involved and stay involved in the sport and and learn from you and and just follow you or those things. A- absolutely, and you know, and 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 hence you see the reasons why the brands that are supporting you guys. Ala O'Brien and Malibu Boats, you know, that's why you guys have been able to sustain like the longevity with with these with these brands. Absolutely. I mean, I still I still feel new to the sport. Like I don't I wasn't around way back in the day, so I still feel new even though I just realized I have been wakeboarding for 10 years now and this is my 10th season with O'Brien. Like that's kind of crazy to be able to say and I still feel like a newbie. <laughs> yeah, right. Insane. Well, I mean, you uh you're definitely not riding like a, a newbie Tara. <laughs> you know, I mentioned at the beginning you took top five in the Wakeboard World Series and I have to say and I probably mentioned it to you or maybe hopefully you heard me say it over the microphone. It's like me telling you I can do a ten eighty or something. Hopefully you heard me say it over the <laughs> microphone. But you were one of the most, if not the most, consistent women's rider of the season uh every time i every time i saw you go out there you know the biggest events in the world wherever we were you came out you were ready you had your run in your head you stood it up you got your grabs in every single time and you know i saw you put the heat on the ladies in in finals numerous times how did you feel about uh 2015 i was so happy with 2015 it was definitely my best season yet it was it was wonderful to go all over the world. You know, we went to some really cool places, in, including Japan and Mexico and Portugal, and then all over the U.S. Um, it was cool to go to those places and stand at my passes to come back to the dock dry because there have certainly been seasons where where that didn't happen. Um, but I felt I felt good. I felt not nervous. Just I know what I do and I do it all the time. And I we got um we got a new boat this year that has been my absolute favorite that we've ever had we have the 23 lsv malibu and it's been really cool to train behind that and i think that helps a lot when you have a clean consistent wake that you can work on your own riding you don't ever have to be messing with your boat and um and then a couple of the events early in the season were kind of crummy conditions and so that toughened me up real quick that when we got home and maybe it was a windy or stormy day i went out and rode and decided I needed to be a bit stronger than I'd been being and and I think those things helped a lot for sure would you say competing is what is most important to you as far as as the wakeboarding goes um I don't ever think of it that way I I guess I could kind of go in phases at the beginning I was all like oh contest contest but I didn't know what I was doing you know I really hadn't spent the time practicing and um and then there was a while where I was like no contests aren't important I just need to do you know, photos and videos, and then I go back and I do every single contest. And, um, and, but I think that when I just focus on my riding at home and I do what I want to do, then my contests go well. You know, sometimes doing what I want to do is doing my runs over and over so that I don't have to think about them. And sometimes doing what I want to do is not doing my run at all and just trying some new tricks and having fun. And what, and it kind of depends on the time in the season, but. If I'm enjoying myself, I ride well. If I'm telling myself, you need to do this and you need to do that, 
I, it generally doesn't go that well. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little insight, if rewinding the clock back to a little bit before you started wakeboarding, the pointless posse. And Kobe, you, you were around for this whole stage of these guys. And I think what made them so good was the fact that when they went to these contests, they weren't they they wanted to win probably, but they were going in there considering it a demo. And and Micker, you know, like demos, that's that is what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, that's fun. I you're exactly right. You go and you have to be like, ride like you're in a photo shoot or ride like you know, tell yourself something that isn't like, Oh, you have to stand up your run, you have to win, you have to it's just ride like you in practice. It's the same. Yeah, it's so funny, you know, how often you're you're riding at home and you're like, man, if I could just do that at the contest, I could have had the win that day, you know. But, you know, I, I guess it just uh, depends on, on how how the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the dice end up rolling on that particular occasion. Yeah, I mean, that, unfortunately, they're, they're going to go for you and they're going to go against you. And I think if you can just recognize that, that you can go, oh, Hey, that went for me today. It could, you know, it was closer. It just, it didn't go for me today. And not, and not put um, all your judgment on yourself based on one run in a contest. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't recall it, but I'm sure you've been there where you paid all this money, you traveled all this way, you went out, you took your first rip at the wake. You may have ended up falling. You get back up, take your second rip at the wake, end up falling. Weekend is over. Yeah. You know. I, I think I did most of that stuff real early on when I was riding. I didn't know how to adjust to different wakes and different courses. Um, but pretty soon after that, I um, I blew out my knee and I had to have a real long recovery. I had two knee surgeries and a lot of series of injections and stuff like that. And so when I came back, I had to completely relearn to wakeboard and really take my time getting back into it. And um, as terrible as that was, Long term, it was a good thing because it made me learn what I was doing. Well, do you ever feel so? So, are you kind of saying that you feel like when you first kind of got uh, into the whole wakeboard um, scene, that maybe you you tried to you know push yourself a little too fast? Absolutely, because I mean, I already I'd been on the water for so long um, with water skiing with three event slalom trick and jump, and so I understood um, I understood things like edging or line tension, but I knew nothing about wakeboarding. And so I could land flips. Flips were easier for me than spins at the beginning. Um, and I could get away with it. I could do it. I didn't know how to use the wake, but it didn't matter because I knew how to land stuff. And um, and so I rode one season of amateur women, and I won nationals and worlds and went straight to pro. I mean, I had, I had no business being there. I just had some luck, and it worked out. But I, I knew that I wasn't scared. And I thought it was a good thing. It probably wasn't a good thing. Seems that I blew my knee out that same season, but um, but that's you know you just go through that process. And I I definitely could have taken my time more, but I was just like, sweet, let's do this. All right, we're gonna halt the conversation with Tara for just one moment, and we'll be right back. Boulderboats.com offers the largest selection of pre-owned towboats in the world, and they're always on the lookout for more gently used boats. If you're looking to sell your wakeboard boat this year, give them a call. Boulder Boats is also the exclusive Malibu and Access dealer for the Southwest with locations in both Nevada and Arizona. The owners and staff are towed water sports enthusiasts too. Straight shooters all the way. Boulder Boats continues to support and grow the sport this year with the announcement that they'll play host once again 
to this year's Malibu Boats Rider Experience West. For the first time ever, though, riders have the opportunity to shred the beautiful waters of Lake Las Vegas in Henderson, Nevada, which is normally closed off to powerboat traffic. The event takes place just about 20 minutes from the Vegas Strip and McCarran International Airport. The Malibu Boats Rider Experience West serves also as the WWA Regionals, which is required to qualify for the WWA Wakeboard National Championships. This stop of the Rider Experience happens May 13th through the 15th, 2016, so book your room now at the Hilton Lake Las Vegas. I'll be there announcing and hanging out, and I must admit, I'm quite excited about this one for sure. It's Malibu Boats Rider Experience West, hosted by Boulder Boats, happening May 13 through 15 on Lake Las Vegas. Find out more at boulderboats.com. Thanks again to everyone at boulderboats.com. And now back to the Golden Mike Podcast with my special guest, Tara Mikasich. As a skier... Uh, you had one of the most recognizable names in the industry. You're the lineage. Um, you know, you're a national champion, a world champion. You had records, which I don't know, they may still hold. I I would hope not. I don't think so. <laughs> it's been it's been my last season skiing was 2005. All right, so. well, do, talk about how you got actually started on the water. Like how how you actually got started. Um, like skiing and maybe a little bit about your family history and the sport of toad water sports. Um, well, my parents were both amazing water skiers. My dad was a multi-time national champion and my mom as well. She was even ranked number one in the world for a few different years. Um, she's a complete badass. She's amazing. She still skis. She was, um, she competed at senior worlds. I think that was last year Yeah. and she got second. And I mean like, She's awesome. Um, and so they had a water ski school when I was growing up. So I was just around water skiers all the time. That's what everyone in my life did was went out on the boat every single day and skied. And so it was very normal for me as a really young kid to want to do that. They used to pull me across the living room, across the yard, across the pool on skis. And so when I was three, they said they waited until I asked to go skiing. And so when I was three, I asked to go they took me skiing. And so when you broke into the wake scene, and I think it was around 2006, yep. do you think you shocked the water ski world? Yeah, I was um, a couple years behind Aaron Rathy switching over. Um, but I think it wasn't that as big a deal maybe when he did because he was it was just more expected probably of him. Like it wasn't that crazy of an idea. Whereas like I, even my, even my grandfather is a national Psalm champion. So I have like a long lineage of three event skiers. So, and it came, it kind of came out of nowhere. I, I skied at worlds in 2005 and, um, and then that fall I just started wakeboarding and nobody really knew it because I, well, I didn't say much, but I just got burned out on skiing and needed a break and Kobe and I had been dating for less than a year but you know maybe nine months or so and so I said hey I need a break from skiing will you take me wakeboarding because I'd never wanted to do it before because I figured I could get hurt and blow my knee out or something crazy like that and I didn't want to do that if I was you know if if skiing was my career and so he took me out and um and things they went well I mean I jumped heel side and toe side my first set but I didn't know that was good for like a first set I figured it was nothing right and and so I want to say I wakeboarded for about 
seven days, landed toe side back roll and heel side back roll and went to surf expo because it was in September. And I was like, you cannot tell anyone that I am wakeboarding. Like I will be shunned. And Kobe could not keep his mouth shut. Every, every sponsor of my current or not, you know, that we went to see, he was like, guess what? She's wakeboarding now. She landed this, she landed that. And I'm like, shut up, shut up. Like, I'm going to like, I'm going to get kicked out. And, um, and people were really supportive. Even my current sponsors were like, oh, that's awesome. Like we can do stuff with that. That's cool. And, um, and people that even things didn't develop with were supportive and said, oh, hey, come by later. You know, we'll get you a contract. I'm like, you understand, I've been wakeboarding for seven days. I'd like, why are you going to write me up a contract? Um, and then that winter, I just kind of stuck with it. I didn't take it very seriously at the beginning because I'd always been training so hard. Were you still planning to do some skiing in that next summer? Um, initially, I just thought, oh, hey, I'll do this this fall. It'll be a change of pace. And then as I kept going, and I really liked the environment of wakeboarding. I, I loved how people were like, oh, you wakeboard? Come out on the boat with us. And they meant it, and I could actually go wakeboard with them. Okay, let me ask you this. What is the deal? I, I ski with some three eventers. I'm a skier. I love it. I don't care what you do. I have fun. I'm, yep. I just love being towed behind a boat. That's just my thing. But the lifestyle uh, the lifestyle is so different with skiers. With skiers, it's you get down to the boat, you go out, you take a set, you're back in. I mean, half the time you're out there for no more than 20 minutes with wakeboarders, even if it's just a fun, quick set. It's like you, your buddy, and your other buddy, you go out there, you have fun, you push yourself, it's mellow, it's laid back. Yeah, um, I don't know, it's just, I think in, in skiing, you know, it's more of like a training mindset, and it's very technical, and people are looking at very minute details of, of everything, and, um, and the aspect of like growing the sport, and doing it with friends and I'll take you boating. I'll help you. Like, it's just not really in the mindset, I guess. I don't know. I really noticed the different when when I started wakeboarding, um, because I could actually go ride with other girls and they would help me. They would teach me stuff. And I was blown away that they I'm like, I'm going to compete with you though. Like you want to teach me something that are you sure? Like, and they would, and it was awesome. And, and as that kind of kept going, I just, I knew that this was the sport for me. So do you ski at all anymore no i can't tell you the last time i did i mean it's probably it's been quite a few years every once in a while i would at the beginning take a set or two a year but i haven't for so long now well i i, I was gonna ask you next if you miss it but <laughs> i i don't because i'm on the water all the time i'm on the, i'm doing what i love and i you know if i'm gonna be on the water i want to be wakeboarding and if I'm real exhausted, I'll wake surf. You know, like I, I, I enjoy what I do, and so I don't feel the need to do other things, I guess. Okay, so Tara, you, I'm sure, were at a lot of contests, especially in the days when it was wakeboarding and water skiing. I know, I know you were still mm -hmm. young, but I'm sure right. you were there supporting the events. Do you ever recall seeing Kobe ride at a contest? So I don't. Kobe and I have a pretty good age gap, so I don't remember meeting him when I was younger, but I know that I vaguely knew of him because one of the first times that we talked, I was like, I have a random question for you. And he's like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, do you not have your front teeth? And he was like, what? And I'm like, I just, for some reason that's in my head that 
you're one of those guys that got their teeth knocked out. And he's like, yeah, no, that's me. You must have seen it's like some wakeboard I, video. I feel like I maybe saw it in like an ad or something when the magazines were still, you know, kind of together. Um, but we we didn't meet until 2004. How we, did you guys meet? At Ronnie and Bish's wedding. Really? Yeah, we met at a wedding. That's so funny because <laughs> Ronnie Barton, who is also considered to be, you know, one of the, the top female water skiers yep. of all time. And she ends up with uh, with with Chris Bischoff, who you guys are, are mentioning. Bish is, uh, you know, also like, you know, yeah, a wedding of, of the, a water skier and a wakeboarder, and yeah. a, a wakeboarder's wakeboarder. <laughs> I don't think Bish. I don't think Bish was ever a part of water skiing, right? He right. Was no. Strictly a. Actually, Bish. Bish is actually a really good water skier, and he grew up on Lake Gaston skiing. So, like, he actually has a. Like, yeah, I mean, he was, a, uh, you know, a slalom skier, and so he definitely grew up on the boat and doing that. So he had a little bit of that background, but, yeah, no, Bish can, Bish can ski, man. He can, he can ski. So, um, yeah, but I think I think the best thing is that Tara and I never met before that because if we would have, I think she would have been too young and that would have been real creepy, <laughs> and I don't think we would have ever been together. So I think the timing was good. I knew her family because – in California, her grandfather Johnny Matranga, he had a ski he had a ski club in Sacramento. So when I would go home and visit my family in Sacramento, my family's there. Um, my grandma was like, "Hey, well, what are you gonna do when you're here? Are you gonna wakeboard? Are you gonna ride?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." And so she actually tracked down Johnny Matranga and said, "My grandson is a wakeboarder," which was like total taboo at that time, and was like. Can you pull him when he's here? He wants to come and train and have a place to ride, you know, while he's in town. And so it's so funny because I met Johnny Matranga. And so he would actually be like, okay, you have to you have to sweep the dock. You got to sweep the parking lot. You have to do some yard work and everything before I'd actually get my ride in. So he'd actually make me work and then he'd pull me around the lake here and there. So it's pretty funny because I actually met her grandfather and then I met Cindy and David later on. But it's kind of funny because I kind of knew her family way before I knew her. So, Was there ever any kind of like wakeboard, water ski animosity? Maybe Not, not with me because I grew up on the West Coast and I did not follow skiing. I didn't know about it and I didn't really, I didn't really care. So like when I, would, when I first started going to events, I was, it was all new for me. So I was like, oh, that's cool, man. That's, you know, these guys are skiers. And these guys are wakeboarders and this is that. I felt it, but I never, it never affected me. And then pretty early on, you know, like we just started to become friends with some of the guys on tour and then it was easy, you know? And then it wasn't like, once they realized that, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal to us, then it was kind of like, well, it's really not that big of a deal to them either. So then we, we, it was fine. So for me, I fortunately didn't really care enough to be involved with that. And I didn't really let it kind of affect us so it, it that was more like outside of the pro tour i think yeah i always feel like maybe some of the animosity comes be from folks that are maybe and i hate to say i'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything because i do appreciate and love the tradition but like older folks who just like don't get it and i don't understand what they don't get because to me wakeboarding is just a natural progression of trick skiing you know it's just what you can't do on a trick ski you can take that to a wakeboard and you can do that on a wakeboard and 
now I, I'm actually surprised that we I, I, we do see some more tricks and trick skiing now than we used to, but I'm still surprised that there aren't more tricks popping up. But one of those things, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, wakeboarding's been around for 25-plus years. It, the way it is, it's time to move on. And I think water skiing's making it making its kind of I think it's it's kind of making its comeback and I think some of the athletes also some of the older folks are kind of settling down or moving out and and you know like the younger skiers maybe don't Well I think I think it's been, I think it's nice that it never went away. You know, I think that would have been I think that would have been sad if it just completely disappeared. Yeah. You know and, and there it seemed like there were some threats of that along the way. So Well, I I I've never really heard of too many wakeboarders wanting to see like water ski just go away but i i will admit that i have heard some traditional water skiers you know talk about wanting to see wakeboarding just disappear which is well and they, and they have the right to think that way I'll, I'll tell you it was not pretty back in the day because what was happening is you know wakeboarders came in and they started kind of taking a lot of the money and and taking over but they were also saving an industry as well. It needed to have some new blood in there, and it needed some change. So, I mean, it was it was definitely a time where people were being like they were kind of feeling like you know they people were stealing from them because the money was changing and the the sales were changing. And it yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would have liked it either. I want to get your thoughts on it, Tara. Um, well, that's kind of where my thought was is that it, it was almost like. I think some people felt that it was taking away from attention or dollars or whatever that had normally gone to that sport. But I think that at this point, if you're a cool person, you're a cool, por- a, a cool person and you can hang out and whatever. And there's not that like animosity as much anymore because it's all water sports. And like as long as people are wanting to get out on the water and they want to go boating and they want to do things behind the boat, like we all win. It's good. So, I mean, I, I caught some flack at the beginning, and but does it really matter? <laughs> but, hey, and and once again, all in respect, you probably, it, it's from what it seems like, you probably went from being a very well-known water skier mm-hmm. who was winning contests and doing very well contest-wise to being a paid wakeboarder. Yep. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I think they kind of probably felt like I abandoned the sport, but I don't feel that way. I just went to something else that that I want. You know, it was a you career enjoyed. move for me, and I enjoy it, and I love it, and um, and definitely even. I mean, my parents they they've skied their whole lives, and when I talked to them about it, you know, at the beginning, they were like, "Hey, this is where the industry is going. This is a smart move if it's what you want to do. Sure. If it's what you want to do." that's what you should do. You don't need to stick around and be like, well, this is what's tradition or anything like that. You, you know, it's interesting as an outsider, I think that you, there's so many things that people expect to happen in the industry. But the cool thing is, is like, you know, Tara's parents, they're skiers and they've never, to me, I've never seen any pressure of them being like, oh, you should just be a slalom skier. You should just be a trick skier. And it's so funny because like an outsider would be would probably think that that's the family that would be like you got to stick to skiing, and it's so cool because we live it, you know this is our lives and we live it, and we've never had pressure to do 
anything, you know. Kind of a Romeo and Juliet thing. (laughs) Well, it's it's so funny because we we run into people all the time that think that we're under so much pressure to do this. You know, we're under so much pressure to go from skiing to wakeboarding like Tara did. And that's so far from the truth. You know, when you do this as an industry, as or when you do this as a career in a sport, you have to do it because you love it. And you love it more than all the crap that comes along with it. You know, and and the good thing about that is there's really not if you want to make it that way you can, but there's it's not around. No. Terry, if you had never met Kobe, would you have ever started wakeboarding? <laughs> He's shaking his head. No. Um I guess maybe not. I don't I don't know. I guess I just knew that it was time for a change when um when I did start wakeboarding. I I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you, do you think you would have continued water skiing and, and winning championships? Or, or, I mean, do you think you would have just kind of hung it up? No, I certainly wouldn't have hung it up. I either would have taken a break and gone back to it, or or I would have found it on my own, or I would have found it a different sport. But I, I always like when there's new things to work on and new things to try and you know some variation in what you're doing i i don't like just doing the same thing you know like there needs to be some exhilaration if you will or some challenge or some something new and different and so that's what wakeboarding brought to me so i don't know <laughs> all right tara you're you're a pretty tough girl i've seen you take some some pretty heavy crashes out there and i i personally wouldn't mess with you because uh, <laughs> you also sometimes I'm not going to lie. I've seen you look like a fitness model. <laughs> and I know you can probably hold your, se- your own. I can. Um, I heard yeah. a rumor oh, that in Tokyo, oh, God. you had to kind of show the boys who was boss. And I heard that you gave – now, we don't have to go here, but I, I heard that believe you, you may have um, given <laughs> Rafter Rome a little uh, five-knuckle love tap <laughs> to the chin. <laughs> Is there any truth to this? I cannot believe you brought that <laughs> It's true, but it was it was all in. What was going on? I want to hear the I want to hear the actual story because all I heard was, all I heard was the boys being like, "Oh, Rappy, you got the punch to the face from Tara." <laughs> but I've never seen. I've always seen you smiles <laughs> and in, you know, I have to imagine these guys must have pushed you pretty hard. Yeah, they did. Um. So. Gosh, I don't want to tell this story. Um, back backstory is I'm vegetarian, almost mostly vegan, and I have been for about 13 years. And we were in Tokyo at one of those places um, where they bring you raw meat and you grill it yourself. Korean barbecue. Yeah. I, apparently, I don't know what it's called. Um, and so I, they brought me my own little, you know, tofu and vegetables and stuff. And, like, it, so it's not like it's unknown. Everybody in Wakeboarding pretty much knows, like, I don't need any meat. Because I'm difficult, you know. Every event we go to, I, I'm the one being like, hey, like, do we have something other than meat here? You know, like, not impossible, but difficult. And um, we were with Massey and Parker and Phil and Ollie and Raph and our team manager, Bryant, from okay, Malibu. So, okay, so it sounds like the Malibu team. And 
Massey thought it would be hilarious to start putting meat on his face as we were leaving the restaurant. And like then, cooked meat? No, raw meat, as you do, you know. <laughs> and so that turned into some throwing of meat. And then as we, Bryant was like, all right, we need to get out of here. And as we went out of there, Raph and Massey went back and, you know, those like washcloths that they give you at the beginning of the meal that are like wet. They went back and filled some of those up with pork and beef and other raw things so that on the way back to the hotel, they could be throwing them at each other. Okay. Okay. So this is the start. So Brian and I are like walking ahead of the group who are all chucking raw meat at each other, picking it up off the ground, throwing it at each other and hoping that we don't come anywhere near normal people that are walking the streets of Tokyo and, you know, heaven forbid they throw raw raw pork on somebody's baby or, you know, like whatever. So I'm trying to keep my distance. And as we get really close to the hotel, Raph comes up with the washcloth that had all, it was like this bloody raw meat washcloth and kind of like fakes that he's going to put it on my face. And I just, I just looked at him and kept walking. And he didn't appreciate that I didn't have a healthy fear that this could really happen. So this happened like once or twice and he kind of was like, I don't like that you don't think I would do it and kind of like egging me on and I'm going like, there's no way. Like in my head, like that would be pretty much like the most disrespectful thing that I would expect out of any of you guys. I wouldn't expect it out of any of you guys. Like. That that's crazy. You you know boys like boys will be boys. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like you would you wouldn't do that. No, that would be terrible. And I'm starting to get kind of like steamed up. Like oh my gosh, like they better not. Like I've avoided it for blocks and blocks. I'm gonna be so mad. And um, so I kind of get like ahead of the group again. And all of a sudden this washcloth comes flying at my head. And I just like I mean I just saw red. Like I just turned around and they all kind of back up like. Oh no! And I was just like, I saw Raph, and I literally like I chased him down and like and punched him. It was terrible. And then Ollie got really mad at me because he like Raph had tossed it to him, and Ollie had actually been the one that like chucked it at me. But I was just so mad to begin with, and it was terrible. It was like the worst thing. Ollie was probably lucky that you didn't know it was him because you probably no. Ollie was like, what in the world? You just punched him in the face, and I was like, but I was so mad because I'm like I take a lot of crap like I don't yeah. I'm pretty You're the girl yeah the girl like on the team. and that was just like that was the line they passed it and I was so mad like I just snapped and it was it was terrible I'm not proud but you guys passed are you cool yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm sure you're I, I'm sure you're all good. In fact I I'm so pretty terrible. positive that Raph actually appreciates it after it happened. I doubt so. it. Who appreciates getting punched in the face? That's awesome. You have it coming you have it coming <laughs> right? I don't know. I just like I was so, it was the night before finals, and I was, like, so pumped I made finals, and then I was, like, so upset that this had even happened. It, it, was, it was not, it was not a highlight of my trip, that's well, that, for sure. That Tokyo trip, that finals was the, that was the final. I'm, I was commentating, and I said, Tara's got this. Tara has got this. And then you went out, I think you were, I think, like, third from the last to go off the dock. Yeah. Um, and then it was, like, Dallas, and then... Uh, May, uh, Ramey. Ramey. It was, was Ramey and Dallas that were after me. Megan had been in my semifinals heat and and not had the run of her life. And I so. felt like it was your weekend and you had everything and 
it was just you had really pushed uh, pushed the limits and and if I'm not mistaken, Dallas really she she took the W at that one or did she did. me? Yep. And she really had to. Yeah, she, she told me afterwards. She goes, "Man, I saw you ride, and that was the turning point of me deciding like how much to really push it. Like, do I go out there and like just do an easy run, or like do I throw down?" And and she did. I mean, she threw down, and it was it was a really cool final. We know that the competition is stacked moving into 2016, and I don't think the I don't think any of the girls are really taking too much of a break right now through social media. At least I see that a lot of the top names. What's it going to take for you to get that W in 2016? What's it going to take for any girl to take the W in 2016, the win? That's, I mean, that's something that, it changes a little bit every year. You know, this year, it really took being consistent. For me to get on the podium, it was, I had to stand up my passes. And every time I stood up, I did well. Um but I, I do think I'm going to need a couple more tricks to add to my pass, and that's going to help. But, you know, some years it's like you have to learn so much or you have to – you need to learn to grab things or, you you know, like it's different for every rider. Some people, they need to learn to grab their tricks. Some people need to learn more technical tricks. Some people just need to learn to take it easy and stand up, you know. So it's different year to year. What are you excited for event-wise in 2016? I know that there's... I'm there's excited for the schedule to come out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've start, I'm starting to see it starting to trickle. Yeah, out. I'm hearing rumors, and um, I don't know. I was so, so pumped on the support that we got in 2015. I was so excited for everything that Malibu did with their amateur series and the riders' Wakeboarding-wise or women's wakeboarding-wise? Well... For me, women's wakeboarding-wise, because I had more events this last year than probably ever. Um, but it's cool that, like, Malibu does their whole rider experience for the amateurs and the junior pro men. And then they have a separate series for their pro men and women, which I think is really cool. And then Nautique had a whole series. And so, you know, when the when the tour kind of changed its mode, there was some, like, some people were really mad. Some people didn't care at all. I was, it, I was like, well, that's insulting. But does it really matter in the end? Like, are we going to be fine in the end? And absolutely we are. And it was cool to see, you know, a lot of our brands step up and offer more support. And even some, like, one-off events like um, TNT Watersports up in Tennessee, they do an event called Wake Fest, and they do it every year. And it's a super cool event um, where there's no land access. It's all flotilla. You go out on Center Hill Lake, and as soon as, like, things with the tour changed, they added pro women, like, they were the first ones that said, all right, we have this event, you guys have a cash purse now. And um, and so I've been to that the last two years, and that's been an awesome event for me. And so I, I just think it's really cool that they do that. And so provided that those are the same types of events, you know, the Evolution Series and, and whatnot that we have again this year, like, I have total trust that they're going to take us to some amazing places again. Cool. I'm, I'm definitely keeping my fingers crossed. I'm w- just like you. I'm waiting on the the schedule <laughs> to fully come out. Uh, all right, Tara, I know that uh, you're super busy, and I see some students hanging around here at the Wake Park, so I, I'm guessing it's about that time you got to get back to work, maybe maybe pick up Mizuki, I don't know. Um, before, before I let you go, uh, you want to give out some sponsor shout-outs and maybe some social media shout-outs? Yeah, of course. Um, 
I've got, you know, a huge thank you to O'Brien Wakeboards. I've been with them my entire career. I've got a pro model, the O'Brien Spark, with them um, that I'd love for you guys to check out. And then, of course, Malibu Boats. They've been a dream company for us to be with. We've got the 23 LSV out here and an Axis A22 that we pull our students with and, you know, really have our bases covered with them. It's It's been amazing to train behind boats like that. Um, I've got a new wetsuit sponsor, Glide Soul. So when you see me in all the neons and crazy prints, that's where they're coming from. Um, I've recently, the last few years, gotten um, a lot of support from Spectrum Inc. They're a gym that I train at, and that's been a good a good difference made in my fitness. And then the local board shop, Performance Ski and Serve. They take incredible care of us, um, of us and our students, and really just keep everyone equipped on the water. And then I guess social media wise, um, all of my my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook, it's all under Tara Mick. So it's T-A-R-A-H-M-I-K. And then all of the stuff for the Wake Park is Freedom Wake Park. It's all one word, Freedom Wake Park on everything, including Snapchat. And yeah, I'm going to go get this boat running again. Thank you, Dana. GoPuck is a mountable, compact, durable, and portable rapid-charging battery. The technology behind GoPuck started in the indie car racing industry, and now they're bringing their passion about light, fast, and powerful products to the world of action sports. GoPuck allows you to stay connected, capture priceless moments, and most importantly, enjoy mobile freedom. The GoPuck can hold up to five rapid charges. If you know me, you know I don't go anywhere without mine. GoPuck is available at Performance Ski and Surf or online at GoPuck.com. Use promo code MANO2016 for an extra 20% off at GoPuck.com. That's GoPuck.com. Hungry stand-up paddle boards are built with both flat water and wave riding in mind. Whatever your needs are, Hungry Boards SUP has you covered with super durable and stable boards built with young and old riders in mind. Hungry Boards are real boards for real people. Hungry Boards are great boards made to last and deliver excitement that will keep you hungry for more. Check out their website at HungryBoardsSUP.com to see a full lineup of what they have to offer. Again, that's HungryBoardsSUP.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. I had a ton of fun hanging out at Freedom Wake Park with Tara and the crew and feel like we covered some really good stuff. They're definitely working their tails off over there and on the water like all day long, pretty much every single day. Tara has a busy year ahead of her, and I'm pumped to be working many of those same events. Dates are popping up quickly now for Malibu's Evolution Pro Series and Rider Experience Series, so keep your eyes peeled on that as more info surfaces. Performance Ski and Surf has also announced their 2016 Gravel Tour dates, which I will also be announcing, and Performance will be representing this March in Claremont, Florida at the first annual Pig on the Pond Wake Fest. Should be a fun time, and if you're in Central Florida Saturday, March 12th, you won't want to miss it. Unfortunately, I'll be out of town that weekend, but fortunately for anybody around Phoenix or Scottsdale, Arizona, you can come visit me at the Arizona Boat Show. I'll be doing the Arizona Boat Show Wakeboard Rail Jam with my friends at Action Water Sports, so that should be a good time as well. Now, 
On to the big announcement from Hungry Boards SUP. We have confirmed a 9 foot 6 inch Hungry stand up paddleboard that will be outfitting with custom Sea Deck. This will be the official stand up paddleboard for 2016, and one lucky listener will have the chance to win this board later on this year. I'll keep you guys posted with more details as they come. If you need more details right now, email me at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast and what I can do to keep you all listening. On social media, follow me on Twitter at TheDanoTMano and at the Golden underscore Mike. On Instagram at DanoTMano and don't forget to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. One more thank you to Tara Mikasich. And now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, O'Brien, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Hungry Boards SUP, Logos That Pop, and Rockstar Energy. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.